0: Well, we've been having we've been having some good services, yeah. and um, I would even I would even dare to say we've been having fun. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. in <laughs> the Lord. Right, that's a little a little known fact that church is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a place where we we enjoy the presence of the Lord, and I'm not talking about when I say fun, I'm not talking about uncontrolled uh, fun, where it's just you know people just going crazy. We're not doing that. We're we're having fun in the Lord, and we're enjoying fellowship, and we're enjoying uh, what the Lord has to offer to us. And so we've been having we've been having some fun services. Amen. Uh, Amen. I was under conviction this morning. I, I don't have a problem telling you. I told I, telling Rick. I said I almost got saved again. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but that message hit me right in my spirit, and and uh, and it just I, there was so much to digest, and there was so much there. And and I know this. I'm going to go ahead and say that that was fun. It was a fun trip. It was a fun journey. It was an adventure. Did that 45 minutes that I sat there and listened to those scriptures unfold in my spirit, and and uh, as it began to hit me and realizing the things that I needed to work on, and the things that 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 were becoming that were coming up in, into my from my heart into my mind of things that needed to be worked on, and that would be worked on. And to, and to crucify the flesh and to knock myself out, if need be. Amen. Amen. That's strong. Right there. Strong, strong message. So uh, I've, I've been having a lot of fun in that. Um, Riden's always been our, ever since she was really young, she's always been our word girl. And what I mean by that is she's always had an astounding vocabulary, ever since she could speak. And I remember when she was two... I think she was two, and she was in the cart, and we were pushing her in Walmart, and she said, you smell that? And we were like, what? She goes, smells like danger. <laughs> I'll never forget that. We laughed so hard. Well, I, I, I laughed. I've been laughing for years over that whole thing. She comes up to me this afternoon, and they have this joke. My kids play this joke with me all the time because I'm bald and have very few hairs, and so... I'll take a little bit of. I'm just going to tell you, I take a little bit of gel to keep my hair from frizzing out. So I'll kind of pat it down because obviously I got to go bald and I got to go short. So I'll do a little bit of, little bit of gel to kind of keep the frizzing out. That's a good idea. And so my, (laughs) you may want to use that. It works. And so my kids will make fun of me and they're like, baldy. That's baldy grease we see up there because it shines. Riding comes up to me. She slaps the top of my head. Oh my pulls her hand off. She goes. Sign of intelligence. Looks at her hand, looks at me, looks at her hand, looks at me. And I said, Baldy grease, right? She goes, No. Nah, I'm just seeing if he's wearing any product. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that innocence. I love it. I love that and, and I, I The Lord loves our innocence. When we repent of our sin, we're innocent in his eyes. We're innocent. Yes, we've made mistakes. We've done things that we shouldn't have done, but we're innocent in his sight. And there's something special about innocence, something very precious about it. Um, You heard me talk about our children this morning, uh, briefly. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily get into that tonight. Uh, But our our children are our future. They're everything. And if we're not taking a concerted effort to, to make sure that there is something to pass on to them, and, and people believe me, I hope that there's something to pass on to them. A um, concerted effort on, on Christians' parts. Uh, there's there's just something special about the innocence of children, and I hope that we understand that uh, tonight. So, open up to the book of Matthew, and let's get into this. Chapter 24. Has God given you anything lately? Can we safely say that just everything comes from him anyway, right? Yes. We just take that whole thing and we just wrap it up in one big thing and just say that it all comes from him anyway. It's all from him. Everything that you have comes from him. And, and I've heard it termed or coined or however you want to put it. Even your very next breath is coming from him, and I would agree with that also. Everything is his. There's nothing that's not, that's not his, that he doesn't. Uh, retain ownership of it's all his but there's something in the midst of all of that that he's done i'm going to point that out in the scriptures as we get into this Is there's something he's done with the things that he has because i agree with you everything is his all things are his he's in control of all things he's um, omniscient uh, he's uh, omnipotent he's all of those things uh but he's done something in the midst of that in the midst of having ownership Total total ownership of everything. He's done something with it. Now I want to show you here in scripture, and let's. And I'm going to read a bit here. I um, mean, you're going to notice some of the things that I'm going to cover are very familiar. But I'm not covering one section. I'm not not covering two sections. I'm going to cover. Uh, I, I believe it's three sections of the um, the things that God has given us. And I want to show you this. Look at uh, verse 45, uh, chapter 24. Who then? Is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. If you'll notice, that is a question. He's asking a question. Jesus asked a, uh, a question here. He says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? He said, Who's, who's a servant? That's a question. Who's been made a servant and understands that there has been something imparted to you as a servant that you have been made responsible for to distribute to the people around you? Question. That's the question, and that demands an answer. So then I, have, then I say, of course, you know, the believer, if you're a believer, you're going to look at this and say, Well, that's me. Right? that's me I'm, I'm I'm a servant now without rehashing old things that I've said and getting back into old things the, the I want to point out immediately that if you're going to say that you're a servant and if you're going to put yourself in the category for a blessing which all of us do right we're looking for the blessings of God we want to see God do great works we should do God do great things but we often don't understand the way this thing has been set up and that yes ownership is is all in God's hands But he imparts a piece of that to his children. He puts that in your lap and he (laughs) says, I'm giving you a part of the ownership of this. Now I want you to be responsible for it. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to take what you have and I want you to distribute that thing out and I I want you to make sure that you are accountable and responsible for the thing that I've given you. When you say that you're a servant, I'm... I'm okay with the talking about the blessing aspect of it because that's what we all want, is we want the blessing aspect of it. That's the good stuff. I want God to bless me and give to me. But not understanding that there's some contingencies here, and you're going to see the contingencies here in these scriptures. There are some contingencies with the way that we treat the things that God has given us. The way that we treat them. And he's asking here, he said... Who, who's a servant? Who's a servant that understands that they've been given some things from their ruler to distribute and to give out? It's like, whoa. I had my hand up really high at first, and I was like, whoa, I, uh, I guess. Maybe. Sure, tell me a little bit more, and then I'll tell you if I'm on board or not. That's the thing with being a servant for God, is that, especially when we're seeking God's will, it's, it's a very... Um, there's, there's some things that go on in our spiritual lives. And you have to understand that when you're asking for God's perfect will for your life, if you ask for God's will and you really want to know what God has uh, in the direction that he wants you to go, you're probably going to be told things that you don't want to hear. He's going to inspire you and hit you with stuff that's going to be challenging. I was just talking uh, to my wife about uh, Jonah and some of the things that happened to him and the challenges that were were, were faced him when he was... Asked to go do a a particular task and the things that God puts in front of us. Maybe it doesn't always, maybe the tasks that have been hitting your life aren't always these lights out of the sky or these revelations, but it's obvious that there's something in front of you tonight that demands responsibility and it demands attention. Demands it. Now, of course, yeah, your family, you've got your family, you have your children, you have all these things you have to be responsible for. Yes, God is in charge of all of those things. Uh, your spiritual life that also needs time and attention right Amen. You need it. It's like it's like well I'm but I'm I'm God's you know it does it really matter how much I pray? you bet it does. You bet it does. Does it matter how much I read? Absolutely it matters how much you read. My goodness are we really in this or not? It matters. It really matters, especially when you start looking for the blessings. Because then you start, you know, start asking those questions. It's like, well, I mean, things have been really challenging in my life, and things aren't working out, and and I don't really understand the struggles and stuff. Well, I ask you, well, I mean, have you been seeking the Lord's face? Well, I haven't read in a while. When was the last time you prayed? I was at church. I prayed. Oh, man. We got a long way to go here because we're off track. You understand that? if you're going to say that you're a servant you say i'm a servant that's me i'm a servant i'm in are you really are we in with this because there's a responsibility that comes with this thing there's 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 some things that have been placed on you and i that we carry and we carry these things daily and one that's one of the things that really stood out to me this morning in pastor's message is that we do carry the responsibility of beating ourselves to a pulp and keeping ourselves in submission to God every day, and it's your responsibility. It's up to you, and I'm not rehashing that, Pastor. I'm just saying that's, that's, that is a responsibility that's been placed on us. So he asked this question. He said, blessed, verse 46, blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find him so doing, being responsible. Assuredly, I say to you, that he will make him ruler over his goods. What is, what is the scripture revealing here? That there's a, there is a reward for those who are found in the process of being accountable and responsible. He said, I'll make you ruler, meaning that there's an end game to this whole thing, if I can put it that way. That there's an end game to this. And what what is that to you? Well, it's heaven, right? It's heaven. We want to go home and be with him. But I think sometimes we forget... That, that there's some things involved with that, that when he said, he's, and I, I don't have, I'm really not going to get into the depth of it, but obviously we lay up our, our treasures in heaven. We've been told to lay up our treasures in heaven right. and not be so connected to things on this earth. And I don't think we fully realize that the things that are awaiting us, he said, you hadn't seen it, you hadn't heard about it, right. the things that are waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, there's no telling, but we all, but we do know, and we get the hint through scripture that what we do on earth matters. It matters for what's to come. You think, you think, well, it's just like a blanket package deal. No, there's rewards to this thing. And I want to follow, I'm not into this for the rewards, but to think that I come in, what I call, think that I come in by the, by the skin, we call it like that. You've heard that terminology before, skin of your teeth. You just like barely made it. Do you really want to just barely make it? No, that scares, and I mean this loosely, but literally. It scares the fire out of me. It really does. So we don't want to make it barely. We want to to really stay connected with him. So he said, surely I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites why are you gaining a portion with the hypocrites because before you were given a portion of responsibility of what the ruler had you see that you were you were given the responsibility from the ruler which is our father in heaven given us the responsibility of our salvation and the things that he has put in your individual life, he's given them to you. And he says, here, be accountable for these things. Watch over them. Be very cautious how you use them because they mean something to me. They mean something to me. Because you notice here, he says, he said, they'll cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. That's your portion if you are irresponsible. It's like when I was a kid. If you, if I was irresponsible, my dad would spank me. That was back in the time when they spanked. <laughs> I got spanked, and so that was that was that was a bad, obviously a bad thing. And so he's telling. He said, "There's repercussions here. There's repercussions for not being responsible for what God has given." It says there should be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and we know what we're talking about here. All right, verse okay, chapter 25. You're like, well, hold on a second. We're fixing to talk about the virgins. Yes, we are. Because we're actually all talking about the same thing here. I want you to watch this. Then the kingdom of heaven should be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise. Hold on just a minute. Five wise and five foolish. You've heard this story before, right? Well, look right up there. Verse 45 of chapter 24. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? You see the correlation? Now don't. Yes, each story is yes, each story is independent of itself, and they, they, they preach all by themselves. They don't you need any assistance whatsoever. But it's actually all the same point. And if you'll notice, he's making the point over and over again to make sure that we understand that there's a correlation here between the wise and the foolish. And you want to be the wise person. So look what he says. He said, Who, who uh, took their lamps. Uh, and went out to beat the bridegroom now five of them were wise and five were were foolish those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps but while the bridegroom was delayed they all slumbered and slept now it says all of them were sleeping correct? Mm -hmm. we know the story they were all slumbered, they all slept they were all equipped with the same device but not all of them had oil alright, keep going And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins who arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. What do you think the point is here? This is the point. He's telling them, and it's kind of revealed right here. He says, Go and buy for yourselves. You had the opportunity, just like we did, to be prepared. Mm-hmm. You had a chance to be responsible. You had a chance to be accountable. You had all the same opportunities that we did. You had the same device in your hand. Mm-hmm. You know it runs that thing. But I can't give you mine. It doesn't work that way. You weren't responsible with what you were given. Mm-hmm. Therefore, You go get your own stuff. You go take care of your business. We're ready to go. Now, we all know, and I want to make this point, you all know that we don't know when the Lord's going to come back. We don't know when he's going to return. The point of these scriptures is that when he makes his return, when the ruler comes back, he's going to hold accountable the people that have been responsible for the things that he holds dear I've never (laughs) really been hit like this before with that because deep within myself I didn't I haven't really grasped that I've always just thought about it like well I'm a Christian and I do Christian things and I go to church have you considered that you have been given something that he's going to come back looking for let's see what you've done I, I always knew, I always knew, when my dad would tell me he'd give me a job or a task, I want you to go down, I want you to clean those sticks up. I'd go down there, I'd clean almost every one of them. Almost. And I'd take things and I'd kind of try to find the lazy way around it. And he would come down there, and, and we all know at that point he's coming to check my work. You're going to come and check and see. let me see what you did. Son, are you serious? You know I asked you every one of them. And I'm like, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Didn't matter. What matters is what the master says. What matters is what the ruler says. What matters is that one day he's going to come and he's going to he's going to reevaluate the salvation that you and I've been given. Let's see what you did with that salvation. See what you did with it. And I wondered that. I wondered. Am I going to be able to stand tall? And I'm going to be like, I I gave everything I had. I picked up every stick. I did exactly. Father, I did exactly what you asked me to do. Let me, right here in your word, you said to do this and I did that. Are we going to be confident like that? Or are we going to want to run and hide? He's going everything. We all agree. Everything is in his ownership. Everything is his but he has portioned out a piece of that to you. And you're holding it right now, tonight. In whatever form, and, and some of you are probably thinking a lot of things tonight. Some of you are thinking money. Some of you are thinking other things. It's fine. You could think whatever you want, because all of it's his anyway. You could, you could use your time. You could use finances, sure. You could use your material possessions. That's fine. You could use... Uh, 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 Your prayers and the the time that you spend in prayer for other people. There are a host of things that God has portioned and held us accountable and responsible for. And I've I've made made the point, because I feel like the point's been made to me. Whether you like it or not, that's the way that it is. And it's in your corner. Up to you to do something with it. And so, we had the virgins, five wise, five foolish. So give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going up. But the wise answer is no, lest there not be enough for us. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with them to the wedding, and the door was shut. And what does the door shut represent? It's done. You're out of time. <laughs> I keep referring to mine. My family, because that's where I learned a lot of this. So a lot of my core understanding about discipline and things come from uh, come from my parents. And uh, when my dad wanted something cleaned up, he put a time on the uh, the microwave. If that's back when microwaves first were programmed to do a time minder. They would just count down, and then they would buzz at the end. He's like, "You better have this job done by the time this buzzer goes off." And I'm like, "There ain't no way we can get that done in 10 minutes. You'd be surprised what you can get done when you know something bad is waiting on the other side." But think. I mean, it was something trivial, really, in the, in the scope of things. But think about this. What is waiting on the other side if we're not accountable and responsible for what we've we been given? You don't get... There is no second chances. Do you understand that? You get one chance to get this right. And when we find out whether we passed or failed, you're already dead and you're standing before the Father. It's too late then. It's entirely too late so this is a serious thing and the clock is ticking it's ticking to be accountable for what we've been given afterwards the other virgins came also Lord Lord open to us but he answered and said surely I say to you I do not know you that's one of the worst things you could ever hear Mm -hmm. I don't know you who are you again that's one of the things that's perplexed me Reading about that and reading that dialogue and conversation with the ones who thought they were going to make it, and he says, "Depart from me, I never knew you." That has got to be the most chilling comment you could ever hear in your life, because that's coming from the Creator of the universe. That's create. That's coming from the one who decides whether you go to heaven or hell. It all comes down to him, right? And so. There's something very important that you and I begin. We've been portioned out. It's been given out to you and I to be responsible. All right. So he says, watch therefore for you not neither know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven. It's like a man traveling to a far country who called his, his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Same situation, right? I got goods. I'm gonna give them to you. You take care of them. Have you have you even looked at it like that? Have we looked at it like this. Have we even considered that? Have, have we have we, cons- have we considered? I'm trying to think of a good analogy for this because it is very important. It's it's like you're protecting the most precious thing that you're that that someone very close to you has, and they give it to you and they put it in your care, and they say, "Would you please watch over this for me while I'm gone?" This is very, very valuable to me. Would you please watch over this course? You're going to say, yes, absolutely. Yes, I'll watch over your stuff for you. And then they come back and they say, all right, give me my stuff. Well, it seems like I've misplaced it somewhere. You see, it's, it, and, I'm, and I, hope that, I hope that just that painting that picture helps us to understand that he paid the ultimate price on the cross, right? When I mean, We know this. But see that was given that was the impartation it was given out it's like here it is it's yours now do something with it and there's going to be a day he's going to come back and he's he's going to say okay i'm calling i'm calling everybody together everybody come together and let's see what you did let's see what you did so it's a very it's something that's very precious to him very valuable and one he gave five talents To another two and to another one. we got five, two, and one. To each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. You have to notice this. Because we all have read these scriptures here. (laughs) If there's some scriptures that people want to get in a debate about, it's these right here. Like, What is that talent? What is it? And why does somebody have five and somebody have two and somebody have one? The thing that happens... I think often in Christianity is that we get too caught up in the numbers. We're too caught up in the numbers. We look at that and we say, I want to be the five guy. That's who I want to be. I want to be the one with five. But if you notice what the scripture says here, he said he distributes. The distribution is going from him to the ones that he dubs to have the ability to handle the five, to handle the two, and to handle the one. Do we understand that? Do we agree that the distribution of his goods is his business? Absolutely. It's his business. What happens is is we miss the point when we're too worried about why we weren't the one given the five, and we're the one with the one. And we're unsatisfied. Well, I want more than, I want more. I I want to be the one with five talents and not focused on the fact that we've been called called to be accountable for the one it's like i can't i cannot it's not up to me to distribute that's not my business my business is is that i look at what has been given here you go jesse you get three and that's between him and god that he's been given three talents it's between him and god how that is to be replicated and how that's to be cared for and how that's to be taken care of but nevertheless that's his three he comes over here and he gives another one four. He comes over here and gives another one five. He comes over to me and he says, you get one. And I get so caught up that he gave Jesse three. And He only gave me one. Man, I can handle more than one. Can you? Because the master gives according to your ability. Often we we're, we we're, we spend way too much time looking at somebody else's grass, thinking, "Well, it sure as looks greener over there in that pasture." Is it really? You really want the you really want to pay the same price that they're having to pay? You want to be really you want to be accountable for the five? I think this is interesting to me in the debate of the whole thing because it's funny that often Christians get caught up in this and they're unsatisfied with their one. They can't even take care of their one. And they want the five. That doesn't even make sense. What I'm saying is, is that we need to get recentered and refocused, and, and, and locked in on what God has given us to be accountable for. Not what we would like to have. Not whose who's pasture we thought should be ours in ownership. That should have been mine. I've been praying for that for a long time. Well, it's not yours. It's not. And it may never be, because you have been called to be accountable and responsible for yours and nothing else. And I think, I think if you'll consider this and think about it, a lot of people get off track thinking the, in this manner, in this way. No one wants to think about being the one. Everybody wants to think about having the five. But it's God's business who he distributes and who he gives to. It's God's business. I always think, in in in, term, in, in the terminology of, of finances, I've come across people in my life. It just seems like people ju- they just seem like people give them money. They could they could get they'd run into a deal every single time they turn around. Say, yeah, I ran into this deal the other day. I'm thinking, man, why can't that happen to me? Because I'm that's not my life. That's not mine. That's theirs. God has done something in their life where they've got something going and they just are blessed that way. And it's amazing. But if you're not careful, you get to looking into someone else's life and you'll be wishing, I wish that was my life. I wished I had five talents. And not thinking that you need to come back and be accountable for the one that you've got because we don't got much time. You better get to work. You don't got much time. And maybe it's two talents, church. I'm not, not, I'm just, I'm giving us the lowest, the lowest number so you understand where we're working from here. Maybe it is one. Maybe it is three. I don't know. Only you know it's between you and God what God has put in your lap and made you accountable for. Uh-huh. Come on. Have we been accountable for what he has given us? All right. God's business to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. And then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five. How many does he have now? He's got ten, all right? He doubled up. Now let me ask you a question. Do you think it was a good idea to give him five? It was. It was a good idea. Because he had five and then he was given another five. And you can't deny that. He didn't waste it. So he, it's, it's like... from a common sense perspective, when you see that God has blessed somebody and God is doing a work in somebody and you see it continue to increase, (laughs) I think you were talking about it this morning. We should be happy for them, Man, I'm happy for you, brother sister. Keep going. Man, God's doing something great in your life. I don't know where it's all going, but you know what? That's fantastic. Keep doing it. Applauding them. Instead of going out and saying, man, man, why isn't that me? What have I done wrong, Lord? What have I done wrong? (laughs) Nothing. You're just unsatisfied. And maybe, maybe, maybe a little discontent. Maybe a little discontent. So he's got 10. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. It was a good idea to give him two. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Uh-oh, time to settle up accounts. Lord's coming back, right? Amen. I mean that in a literal sense. Lord's coming back, right? He's coming to settle them accounts. What accounts? Well, the things that he gave to you. The things that he distributed. The things that he has ownership of. He owns a cattle on a thousand hillside, right? He's in ownership of the whole thing. Amen. And so he comes back and says, like, All right, I want to see what you've, well, let's see what's going on. Let's see if you've been able to multiply, increase. So he who had five talents came and brought uh, five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me, you gave to me, you made me responsible for, accountable for five, and I gained another five. I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done. You with me? Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. There's that reward. You think, what do you mean? What does that mean? Ruler over what? Look, I don't know, and I'll be honest with you, I don't really care. I just want to make him happy. I just want to make him happy. I mean, at the end of the whole thing, if he looks at me and says, Welcome in, good and faithful servant. I, I don't know if I'll hear anything else. <laughs> I'm just going to take off running. I'm going. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. That's interesting, because the other two that were given more talents, more accountability, more responsibly, and had to be more be more responsible, you could even say that they were in more danger of a harsher and more critical judgment. You could say that. I mean, we know that by being a, a preacher and, and preaching the Word of God and, and, and being somebody, biblically speaking, uh, we'll be held to a higher standard when we stand before the Lord. So this makes perfect sense. And so to to see the way that he puts this, we it comes to the one, with the one talent, he said, you're hard. I knew you to be a hard man. See, that didn't even make sense. When you consider the whole thing, he said, no, no. No, something's not right here. What do we got? We got excuses. And we got someone that didn't like what they had. Didn't like it. I didn't like my one. I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. Really? You were afraid. And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there, you have what is yours. It's like, I I was afraid. I was afraid that I might blow it. So I hid the thing. And I knew you was a really hard man and I didn't want to upset you. I said, but look at the response here. This is great. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. What did he call him? Now you might breeze past that. But he identified him. This is a name. He identified him. He said, You are wicked and you are lazy. Now, you got to stop right there and let that digest, let that get into you, because he was not accountable for the very simple thing that he gave me. He said, "I give you this to be accountable for, and and to use." And you didn't use it. And what does he get called? This is by his Lord. This is, I understand that these are these are uh, uh, you could uh, parables, and that these are examples of entering into the kingdom of heaven. And so I also look at this statement as also being an example. You think, man, he's kind of being hard there, isn't he? Yeah, but it's a serious thing. I gave it to you. I meant for you to go do something with it. It's a serious thing. And so he said, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. He's saying here, he's saying, you know that I'm not a hard man. What are you talking about? That's what he's saying. He's saying, you you know that that's not who I am. And if we were to to consider these words coming from our Lord and Savior, we know that he is not a hard man. We know that he's a God of peace and a God of love, right? Amen. A God of blessing. So you see what he's saying here, he said, no, 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 I don't think so. You can't say that. You know who I am. You know the way that I am. And so that's a a powerful thing for him to say to him, In light of everything that's happened. So he says, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. He's saying, if the least you could have done was deposited my money with bankers, and in my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. Why? Because he's going to do something with it. What is that an indication of? That's an indication that the father is serious about what he does. And he's serious about who he gives and what he gives. He's serious about it. So let's let's do something tonight. Let's take, an, uh, let's take an evaluation. Let's take a small walk through your life and through what God has given you. And let's just begin to cover things in your heart and your mind of the things that he has distributed to you. And I'm talking not just from a material perspective, but from a spiritual perspective. What has God put inside of you That was meant to be multiplied and distributed. That's what you have to ask yourself tonight. Because we are are coming into, we are not just coming into, we are currently living in a time in our society where people are dying from spiritual starvation. They're starving to death. Amen. They're starving to death. I don't know how it's all gonna play out, I don't know how it all ends. Um, we can all speculate, and we read, and it's kind of some hazy places there about how this thing kind of wraps up, and we're not really sure. But I do know this. At some point in time, whether it's by a natural death, a dying in a natural way, or whether he comes back while I'm here, but either way, one day, I'm going to meet the master and the one who gave me everything that I have. I'm going to meet the one who done the distribution. I'm going to come face-to-face with him. Am I going to call him a hard man? Are we going to say, hey, the reason I didn't do it was because I knew that it was better just to bury that thing and to pretend like it was never there. Or what is it better that we take the risk? Maybe swallow our pride. Maybe get out of ourselves. Stop wanting to be somebody else just be the person God called you to be. Take the one, take the two, take the half. That's all you got. But say, God, this is yours. Here it is. I want you to show me how to use it. Show me how to use it. I'm going to stop, stop worrying about how many talents someone else has got. I'm going to stop worrying about the fact that I wish I would have had a different life. And I wish things would have turned out differently. And I wish I'd have made better decisions. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters anymore because God has given you something. Everybody in here, from the oldest to the youngest, we have something to give. Something to distribute. You're going to have to go to God. And you're going to have to ask what that is. So, Father, what what do you want me to do with it? And how do you want me to do it? And I, I believe. That if you'll begin to literally... And you're going to have to consciously do it because, look, our, our society is so fast-paced. If you're just chalking it up to and waiting for just something to come in front of you, it's probably not going to happen that way. It's almost like it's almost like we wait for God just to come out and say, Hey, I got a new idea for you. And then we'll respond. But you're going to have to purposefully and, and uh, deliberately ask God what do I do with this what do I do with this thing that you've given me what do I do with my finances how do you want me to invest them what do I do with my time how do you want me to spend it what do you want to what, what do you want me to do with my thoughts what do my thoughts need to be god they're all yours you're giving me all of this show me how to use it show me how to glorify you better because if if I stay in charge of it I'm gonna hide it and I'm gonna run away I will run this thing into the ground if you put me in charge of it. But Father, since since you've given me these things and you've you've put me in charge over all of these things, Father, show me how to do it. I cannot do it myself. These are challenging scriptures. They're challenging. i covered quite a few tonight. There's a lot here on on the kingdom of heaven and and what this thing is going to be like. I do know that he's, he's been so gracious to you and I. He's been gracious. He's been gracious, God. We're rich beyond our wildest dreams, and we don't even know it. Rich beyond our wildest dreams, and even in the physical sense, if you just, if you really just want to get down to it, and you think you just don't have anything. You just really wonder, um, has God really done anything for you? The simple fact that you were born in this country um, is a massive, massive step ahead of everybody in this world. You got a head start on everybody, and to be right here in the Bible Belt, right? Amen. Bible Belt. Churches everywhere. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Look at what's going on in some of the other other parts of the United States. People going in and throwing bricks and burning stuff. And I get to live here in these small towns. It's such a blessing. You've been given a lot. I hope that you realize that tonight. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Would you stand? always been a joke you know It's misty not raising these kids I was like my goodness you've got five kids how in the world do you breathe and I said, I look at other families and some of them got seven eight ten I think y'all go for it <laughs> go for it it's 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 there's a lot of responsibility each one of you have in your lives but remember he's distributed to you what you have because you have the ability to manage it it's on you Father, I just thank you for tonight, Lord. Thank you for these people, Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. God, thank you, Lord, God, for speaking truth to us tonight, Lord. Thank you for these scriptures. Father, I pray tonight, Lord God, that we take uh, uh, seriously the, the gifts that you've given us, Lord God, the, uh, whether that be material or spiritual, Lord God, these things that you have put in our, uh, in our realm, Lord, and in our lives, God, to be accountable for. Father, I pray that we take this very serious. Father, that we realize, God, the good things that you have bestowed upon us, Father. And I pray, God, that we don't hide it. I pray that we don't hide it, that we don't bury it, that we don't try to avoid it, Father, that we confront and accept the one, the two, or the five, whatever you have bestowed upon us, Father, distributing as you will. Father, I pray that we accept that tonight, and Father, that we take full responsibility for these great things that you've done to us, Lord. Father, I pray tonight for this congregation and the people that are here, Lord. I pray for health and wellness, Lord. I pray, God, that you touch the people who have been sick, Lord, the ones who have been struggling and dealing with things, Father. We pray healing on them, Lord. I pray, Father God, for vigilance, Lord God, in each one of our lives, Father. I pray that you raise us up and strengthen us, Father. Uh, Father, we need physical strength, Lord. There's so many people that have been tired, and there's people that are struggling in this church with strength and energy, Lord. I pray increase that strength and energy, Lord. Father, I pray that you'll revive us, Lord God. Revive us in our spirits. Revive us in our bodies, Lord God. And put us on the path that we need to be for you, Father. We thank you for this tonight, God. I pray a hedge of protection over Rock Harbor Church. A hedge of protection over the the children of Rock Harbor Church. And, Father, we give you praise and thanks for this tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you tonight.